secrets of success. All right, what's up, everybody? This is Russell. Welcome back to the Secrets of Success Members Only Podcast. This is part two of of a presentation I want to give you. So yesterday or last week, whenever you listened to the last one, you had a chance to hear me talk about the prime movers versus the drifters, and we talked initially about your values, right? And so that was kind of phase number one. And then what I did with this group, I had everyone do this exercise like you hopefully did. If you didn't do it, pause it, go back, listen to that episode, and go do the exercise. Go and figure out your um, your value galaxy, your value themes, and the things you actually value most. And then the second thing I did, and this was something I was so scared to do, and I was so nervous um, but I still to this day, years later, get people who message me like that was the thing that changed their life. Is um, I said like when we die someday and we have our funeral, like the thing that people say at the funeral is is basically they talk about the things you valued and, and what you pursued, right? It's rare that like, oh, this person won this achievement and this thing, but like, oh, they had an amazing family and they and they, they were great, you know, and they, they were true to their faith and they were like like at the eulogy, it's usually based on the values. And so um, at that event, I actually wrote my own eulogy based on what I would want somebody to say at my funeral, based on the values that I was pursuing throughout my life. And then I had everybody else go and actually write their eulogy. And I can tell you what, it was, even though I was one doing this activity, like I had prepared for it for months, but I was so scared to actually write my own. I didn't do it till the morning of when I was like, I've got to ask everyone else to do it. I'm like, I have to actually do this. And we're sitting there in the chair in this little hotel room in Mexico, early in the morning, my wife was still asleep, writing, it's like bawling my eyes out because it was just, it was so real and so, I don't know, it made me happy. It was like, this is the thing that I actually want to be known for when I die. Like, these are the things I want people to say about me. This is like what I want. And it was, it was fascinating because again, it wasn't about a goal, about an achievement. It was all about, um, I had stuck true to the things that I valued the most. Um, anyway, and then I had everybody in the audience do it. And uh, it was, it was a really neat, uh, experience. I, don't, I wasn't planning on sharing this part of it, but uh, one of my best friends was in the room during this time, and he did. He wrote his eulogy, and since that happened, he has passed away. And uh, I actually had a chance to speak at his funeral, and um, I got access to the document he had written, his eulogy he had written prior to that he'd written during that exercise, and it was cool because I had the ability that to. Um, to say some of the things that he wanted said at his funeral uh, based on what he had written. It was it was just, anyway, it was a special moment. So anyway, this is a little shorter episode, but it's going to go into that. And um, I want to challenge you. And I promise you it's scary, it's hard, it's intimidating, but I want to challenge you to actually go and write your um, eulogy when you're done and share it. Share it with uh, someone you love. Share it with your spouse, with your kids, with a friend, with a coworker, with somebody that you, um, you can. And if you do this exercise for real... Um, it, it can change your life. So don't just listen to it and be like, oh, that sounds scary, or, or oh, you know, I'll do it tomorrow. Like, I would recommend listening to it and stop and like make that the priority for the next 24 hours of your life is to figure that out. Uh, it'll give you a North Star to pursue. It'll give you direction. It'll give you um, meaning and purpose in your life, and it'll be, it'll be worth it. I promise you that. So I hope you enjoy uh, this episode called Your Eulogy. Again, this is an exercise you guys can continue to work. We're going to, a couple more things, then we're going to have uh, a little more time to write here in a minute. But as I did this exercise the very first time, it was really cool because I started thinking about things that I was like, I'd forgotten about. Like, oh, I forgot about this. I forgot about this. And like, oh, I love this. I haven't done this for years. And also, I'm like, I didn't realize that was the value I had that I missed. And I started putting them in these themes, and all of a sudden, it started really quickly start showing the spotlight. I'm like, oh my gosh, these are, like, when all of a sudden done, like, these are the things that matter most. And I found a quote from Ayn Rand that was so fascinating. She said, happiness is the state of consciousness which proceeds from the achievement of one's values. 
Now, how many of you guys have tried to set a goal and you had a goal, you went for it and you achieved it and you got your hand raised, whatever it was, you won a two comic club award, you, you know, made a million bucks, you won a state title, like whatever your, your dream was, you got your hand raised, you had a goal and afterwards you're like, huh, has <laughs> never felt that before. I always thought that happiness was going to come from me achieving the goal, from doing the thing, from getting my hand raised. Like that's what I always thought. I kept doing it and doing it and chasing it and chasing it and chasing it. It was crazy because I never got the value from that. I never got the happiness from that. Like, and when she says that happiness is a state of consciousness that proceeds from the achievement of one's values. Okay? How many of you guys was family a big value of yours? Okay? That's what brings happiness. Not the goal, not the destination. It's the journey. It's these different values. These are what actually bring the long-term happiness. And as I started realizing, I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And I started thinking uh, like two or three weeks ago as we were putting this whole thing together, I thought, man, like when it's all over, when I die... Like, if I was able to achieve these values, if I was able to keep them whole, close tight to me, if I was able to make this part of me, like, my life would have been a success. And then I had this idea. I said, what if, um, what if I shared this first off with everybody here at, in Mexico? And I said that, like, the coolest thing, like, the, the, the end application, I'm getting nervous to even bring this up because this is the part I was crying about this morning. Um, we thought... Wouldn't it be cool if we um, could be there when we died someday and sit there and listen to the people telling the stories about how, man, Russell fulfilled this value and this value and this value and this value. And as we start talking about, thinking about that, I remembered a story. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to tell this story, so maybe don't ever publish this one. I've got to find out from Dean. But um, some of you guys know Tony Robbins uh, does some of his events as a hologram. You've seen this where he's in a room doing this thing, and then his, the hologram Tony's on stage in Australia, like, being Tony. Like, it's crazy that you have the technology nowadays. So he does events where he's in, in Florida, and they're down there. So Dean, had a, Dean Graciosi had a chance to go with Tony to see the studio and how it works, and how like, he does it in a little box, and then there's a hologram in Australia doing the entire event for him. And then the people who built this technology are like, you want to see something cool? And this one I'm not sure if I'm allowed to share. So. <laughs> but it's too late now. We opened the, the, the gate. Um, and so they took Dean into this other room, and they showed the technology where um, they have people now who are doing their own eulogies, and they make a hologram of them, kind of like Iron Man did at the end of Endgame. Come on now. Amazing. And uh, maybe I, I can leave the story there. I won't tell you who it was, but somebody who's super famous um, had already recorded his own eulogy, um, and they were going to play it at his funeral with him actually giving his own eulogy. I was like, how cool would that be to do your own eulogy, just like Iron Man, just like this guy did? And then I started thinking more and more. I was like, man, wouldn't that be cool to write your own eulogy? If you wrote it, then you would know, like, the goal, right? Because if I achieve this and this and this and this, and then at my funeral, they're like, man, Russell, this and this, how cool would that be? And so uh, I've been delaying this. You guys, my team, we've been talking about this for over a month. I've been delaying it and delaying it and delaying it. And finally, last night, I sat down, and um, I wrote my own eulogy. And it was hard. Um, and I wrote it, and I stressed about it. I went to bed, and I woke up this morning, and I read it. And... Um, uh, it was very emotional for me. And um, I want to read it to you guys for a couple of reasons. Number one, I hope somebody will read this to me at my, read at my funeral. But number two is um, afterwards, I'm going to have you guys each spend the next 45 minutes or so and write your eulogy based on the values that you hope that you can fulfill in this life. If this is where happiness comes from, the, or the achievement of our values um, I want something, and I want something that I can take and I can read it every morning or read it once or twice a week and realize, like, this is the goal. This is the, this is the thing. The goal is not winning a two comic clip. It's not winning a state title. The goal is who do I become. 
Like the practical application, the fulfillment of my values is who I became. That's why we're here on earth. That's the whole purpose. God doesn't care how many two comma couple words I win. He doesn't care how many state titles. He cares who I become. And so this is showing my values. Like, did I become who I wanted to be? And so I'm going to read mine. I'm so scared and nervous about this. Um, this is a very vulnerable thing, but I'm going to do it anyway, um, hopefully to make you guys feel comfortable. And then, like I said, after that, I'm going to, you have some chance to look at your values, look at your value themes, and then actually write yours out. Um, now, I'd never written a eulogy. I was online trying to search for how to do it and everything. And eventually, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to write it the way I would write it. So I'm going to read mine, and then I'll show you kind of the outline of how I did it. Uh, but it all syncs up with um, the values. The history of each value, like how this became important in my life, and then afterwards the future of what I hope, how I can hold dear and strong to this value all the way to the day I die. Whew. Okay. You guys ready for this? <laughs> okay. Hopefully I don't get emotional. That'd be awesome if I don't. Okay. <clears throat> my name is Russell Brunson, and I loved my life. I always believe that there, I always believe that the short window of time that God granted me to be here on earth was a gift, and I wanted to be a good steward of the time I was given. I was raised by great parents with strong values. They loved and served God, and they taught me to do the same. They were hard workers and taught me the value of hard work. They loved each other and showed me through their example how to have a great marriage. I realized how rare it is to be raised in a home with two parents who love each other, and I always looked at this as one of my greatest blessings in my life, one that I strive daily to pass on to my kids as well. My first love was wrestling. It was something that I, did, that I was good at, and it, made, and it was something that I could do together with my dad. It was also the first thing that really, really made me feel any sense of meaning in my life. I worked hard, and by my junior year, I became a state champion. My senior year, I took second place in the country and became an All-American. I then had a chance to spend the next five years of my life wrestling in college. I never reached my goals at the collegiate level, but I loved the journey and who it made me become. When my college career, wrestling career was over... For a time, I forgot about my health and my fitness. I was busy trying to create a business and launch a career, and my health took a back seat. Almost a decade later, after feeling too tired each day to be able to play with my young kids when I got home from work, I decided that something needed to change. I spent the next year getting back into shape, relearning how nutrition worked, and gaining control over my body again. Throughout the rest of my life, I started supplement and biohacking companies to help other entrepreneurs to increase their health so that they could complete their mission and still have time for their families. When I was 19 years old, I spent two years in New Jersey serving the people there and teaching them about Jesus Christ. During that time, I gained a testimony that he is our Savior and that because of him, I will be able to live again with my family after this life. When my mission was over, I knew that I wanted to continue to bring people to him, but I didn't know how. Soon God blessed me with desires to learn and to master online marketing. Little did I know that 20 years later, I'd be able to use those skills that I had learned to help teach the gospel to thousands of people, helping to bring the knowledge of Jesus to people all around the world. When I died, I was able to say that I held true to the faith that I loved. When I was 21 years old, I met my wife, Colette. I quickly fell in love with her, and within a few months, we were married. I remember feeling like I had found a diamond in the rough, and that I saw something in her that I don't think anyone had ever seen before, including herself. I always wish that she could see herself the way that I see her. <laughs> I remained faithful to her and the commitments and the covenants that I made to her and to God on our wedding day until the day that I died. We were able to bring five amazing kids into this world. <laughs> Every one of them is so unique, and we, had so much, and we had so many fun memories together. I was that annoying dad that always took too many pictures of them, but nothing gave me more happiness in this life than the late nights when I would scroll through years of pictures, oftentimes with the kids, remembering our magic moments together. As they grew older, I tried hard to get them to pursue greatness in anything that they did. Most of my pushing was met with a lot of resistance, which was hard for me to understand. I was always able to see their potential and believe in them, usually more than they believed in themselves. I tried hard to be a friend, a coach, and a father— 
But even when I struggled at being any of those things, I was always their biggest fan. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I always struggled in school, but for some reason while I was in college, God gave me the desire to learn about marketing. It became an obsession. I didn't realize it at the time, but these desires were the fuel that prepared me for my life's mission to serve entrepreneurs. But before I could serve them, I had to experience the highest highs and the lowest lows. So I would have empathy and understanding when I was able to serve them. During the next 15 years, I built and crashed multiple companies and experienced all the extreme joy and pains in each step of the journey. When I was finally given a chance to be able to serve my people, I did so to the best of my abilities. I was a good steward of the ideas that God gave to me, and I continued to serve this group until the day that I died. During my life, I was able to see the ripple effect that my work had on so many people. This experience, serving those people, was the most filling part of my journey. I was able to use the skills, resources, and influence that I gained from building these businesses to bring people closer to God, as well as help fuel multiple charities that aligned with my beliefs and values. I'm also proud that I was able to love people that didn't believe the same things that I did. This was hard for me to do at first, but as I grew older, I was able to see that each person is a child of God, each on their own journey, each trying their best in their given circumstances. I learned to love them for the values that we shared and not judge them for those that we didn't. For those I'm leaving behind, if I could leave one thing, it would be this. I know that you are a child of God and that he loves you. He's calling you to greatness. The first step is to develop the talents he's blessed you with. If you are a good steward of what he's given you, he will allow you to use those gifts to change the lives of, the, of those around you. That is how you will find true fulfillment during this life. It's been an honor to be in your presence during this life, and I can't wait to see you on the other side. Now it's your guys' turn. My hard work's done. <laughs> so for me, it's like if someday that's, if that is what's able to be um, said at my, at my funeral, as I was going through all my values, my value galaxies, my value themes, like all those things were touched upon in there. The things I valued were there. And if I could achieve those things, then for me, my life, I would have become who I was called to be. Um, now, as I was writing this, again, I was trying to figure out the outline. And so this is kind of how I broke up mine. I started with the ultimate value, um, which we talked about Ayn Rand. So the ultimate value is the value of your life. It's interesting. If you read the Atlas Shrugged book, it took her 12 years to write that book. Uh, she spent two years writing the John Galt speech. So John Galt is the main character in the book, but he doesn't come in until two thirds of the book, like, I don't know, a thousand pages. in is the first time John Galt comes and we get to meet him as the, as the readers. And the first thing that John Galt says from his presentation is, my name is John Galt and I love my life. Okay, life is the greatest virtue we have. It's the greatest value we have. And so I started my eulogy talking about that. My name is Russell Brunson, and I love my life. I've always believed that this short window of time that God granted me to be here on earth was a gift, and I wanted to be a good steward of the time I was given. Okay, then I moved on to my heritage. Now, everyone here has a different heritage. Some of you guys have heritages that were horrible. You had hard lives. You had bad upbringings. But those, that heritage you had made you who you became to be. My heritage, I was so grateful. I have, for me, like having two parents who were married was like the greatest thing in the world for me. And I know that most people don't have that, okay? So your heritage, whether it's positive or negative, some people look at their heritage like this was the most horrible thing in the world, but it's who made you who you are. And so I wanted to address my heritage. Um, whether it's positive or negative, like it, it's part of who you are. It's what gave you the ability to become who you are. 
okay? And then I started going value by value. I talked about the value, the history of how, I, how that thing became valuable to me, the future where I'm trying to go with it, where I, where I still want to create, where I still am trying to go. Um, and I repeat that for each of the values, and then I ended with the advice that I would want to leave behind for, for um, the next people, okay? So this is the goal. I'm going to show you guys why we're doing this, and then we'll come back. So the reason why is because the goal, the, the whole point of this session is where are we trying to finish at, right? We have these values, these things that make us happy, that our subconscious mind is craving, these desires, these gifts from God. These are the values, right? The eulogy is just going to be talking about, like, this is the fulfillment. I did the things right? I became who I was supposed to become, and that is the Hall of Fame goal. If I can achieve my values, that's what I want to be. That's how the Hall of Fame, that's what I want someday people to remember me from. I don't care if people remember me for my state title. I don't care if people remember me for my two comma clubs, anything else. Like, I want to be remembered for the value that I actually achieved the things that I went out, that I set out to achieve, who I actually became. And so that's what we're going to do, because we have these values. We're going to write a eulogy, and this is going to become your guys' Hall of Fame. And I would recommend after you do this to read this once a week because it's going to remember where you came from, what your goals are, and where you're trying to go. Okay, so we've got about 45 minutes to do this. We're going to turn some music on. Again, if this is uncomfortable and you don't want to be part of it, that's fine. But please go to the bathroom and stay out there. I want to make sure that everyone here has quietness so you can think. Um, this should be a private thing. It's not something to share with your neighbors or your friends or anything. You can write it on by hand, by paper. If you've got computers, you can type it out, whatever it is. But um, I would recommend spending some time. I was scared of this. I I took me a month before I finally did it. And last time I was like, I have to do it. This is the time. Like, there's no, like, I'm sharing this tomorrow. I have to do it. And so for you guys, this is your time. We're ripping the Band-Aid off. You didn't have a month to stress about like I did. Um, and this should be a, a personal, private thing for you. You don't have to read it up front in front of everybody else. But um, write it from your own heart as, as if it's how you would want somebody to say it at your funeral. Does that sound good? Okay. So that said, you guys have got 45 minutes. Have some fun. Good luck with it. Hey, that's been 45 minutes. How did that feel? Um, it was, how many of you guys had a breakthrough during that time? Almost everyone. That's amazing. Um, thank you guys for doing that. I know this is not a typical Russell Brunson, let's have a ton of energy and go crazy thing. But um, for us to be able to do the work we need to do tonight, this was the first goal, to understand why and where and the purpose and how do we find happiness. I think for so many of us, especially our high achievers and prime movers and people like us, we're so tied to these goals that we're trying to pursue and trying to go for. A lot of times it gives a lot of stress and anxiety, right? And when I went through this process the very first time, it, like, it unhinged me for like, it doesn't matter if I hit the goal, if I make the money, if I do the thing. What matters is my pursuit of the values. And if I get that and I become who I need to be on the journey, like, that's the only thing that actually matters. And this was the best way that I think we could do to kind of illustrate that. So um, when we designed this, I wanted to do this and then have a break because I know for a lot of you guys, this is emotional. I know that, uh, you know, it's not a hard, it's not an easy thing. I went through it with you guys as well. So I understand. Um, what we're going to do now is uh, if you guys want, the room will be open for a while. So if you want to keep working, you feel free to. Um, I would recommend coming more casual. Today was very deep and very heavy. Tonight will be more fun and more like now how to like the practical application now. How do we achieve these values? How do we set the goals? How do we do the things? And it's going to be, it'll be more fun. So I would recommend wearing your pajamas, wearing your bathrobes. Is that what you're wearing? So the question is, if you bring our spouse tonight, it would be an intro. Um, yeah, we'll be moving from the Hall of Fame goal to the Super Bowl goal. So that's kind of where, we're, so I would give them kind of heads up on what we did, but yeah, it'll be moving, it'll be moving through a process. So we'll be moving from Hall of Fame goal now to Super Bowl goal. And then how do we achieve that? And everything else throughout there. We'll be going deep tonight about a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of areas of life, about uh, mindset, about health, about 
um, building teams, like all the things that we need to be, uh, to do to be successful. And so it's going to be fun. I'm excited for it. Um, but for right now, I just want you guys to kind of, you know, leave here with the energy you feel, uh, take the next, however long you need, half an hour, hour to kind of process things like that. If you didn't finish, feel free to work on this again tonight or tomorrow. Again, I took me two days over time to kind of get all my thoughts out. Um, and then now that you have this as a tool, like, man, how, how powerful is it to read this every single day, uh, once a week, even like a Sunday night before you start your next week, like read through this and realize what you've, what you've been given, all the amazing values you have and then where you're trying to go and just reset yourself to be able to keep moving forward. So I hope you guys are able to use this. Um, with that said, thank you guys for participating, for being vulnerable with me. I hope you enjoyed it. 